For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of worth. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating today? There's so much to celebrate if we take the time to do so. I was just looking at my calendar, and today, believe it or not, is National Cheer Up the Lonely Day. And I hope that everyone who is hearing tonight is not lonely. I see that my friend Danielle is here. She always cheers me up. So thank you, Danielle, for being here. And I have a very dear friend in the wings and uh, someone that I hope will become a new friend also waiting in the wings. Yesterday, as most of you know, uh, I, for the last six, almost seven months, I have been planning and preparing a memorial service uh, for my friend, Peggy Eason, who passed away on December uh, the 4th. And yesterday we had the memorial and it was a celebration of her life. So many friends came together and several people actually came up to me and said, no time soon, hopefully, but when the time comes, I hope that you're there to put my memorial together, which makes me feel good on one level, but I hope that I never have to do it again for anyone else. It was a lot of work, but it was such a celebration of her life. And it made me feel it was closure, number one, but we should all have a send off like that. And I'm proud of what I was able to accomplish. I hope that I made her proud. And it was just such a wonderful day. The sun was shining on us and we had this incredible service followed by a barbecue and a party. And we celebrated her life, which is what we should all be doing every day, celebrating each and every person's life. And that brings me to my dear friend, Kasira McKee. Uh, I hi. Am so lucky. Hey, you. I, to I, you. Got my, I have my cheers to Peggy first. Uh, 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 cheers to Peggy. And cheers, cheers to Peggy. To uh, okay. Thank God for Facebook and social media bringing us together. Mm -hmm. And today is our anniversary, Kasira. Actually, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Well, no, it was the 11th. Oh, today's the 11th. Duh. It, it's, Hello. It's, it's today. It's today. It's today. Because one year ago tonight, because of you, uh, you discovered, how did you find me on social media? It was a total fluke. Uh, see, it was a total fluke because I didn't know you. I just, um, something came up in my Facebook feed about you having a Hello Dolly website. And then I noticed that you were just infatuated with the show and uh, then you interviewed people. And I'd been searching for someone to help us facilitate a reunion online. So so I, I was fortunate enough at the age of 18, 19, something like that, to be cast in two national tours of Hello Dolly with Carol. And... Mm -hmm. At the, t at the time that I discovered you, our dear friend Kevin Ligon was, had a lead role in, uh, he was Rudolph the head waiter, in the production with Bette Midler, 
And then he was in, of course, the, the cast, most of the cast stayed into the production with Bernadette Peters. And, um, um, so, and I thought, oh, maybe this is the guy, you know, and I sent you a message on Facebook and asked if, if I told you the story and I asked if you'd be interested and you said, let's talk. And I, we, it, 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 of course, we know so many of the same people and we, we look like twins. We look like little German twin dolls. Um, and we're the same age. <laughs> You're my twin. Yes. Uh, and I'm like, okay, this is a match made in heaven. And we became instant friends. And uh, you were very uh, patient with me. It took me months to locate everybody that I could possibly locate that was in that show. That was a big guest. I think it was so big, in fact, that we did two parts. We had to do two separate interviews. Yeah. One was on the 11th with the leads and the understudies and the, let's see, David Hansen, our stage production manager and, you know, the, and the, the, the dance captain, Terry, uh, he was with us and Terry LeBold, our, everybody knows Terry LeBold, the conductor at the time. Yeah. And uh, it, man, everybody was so thrilled to see each other. And people, they were like, how did you find me? And I said, I'm, I'm nosy as hell, honey. <laughs> I'm from Texas. I am nosy as hell. And I found them. And um, uh, so I'm getting a text from Miles. A call came in and now I'm not hearing the sound. <laughs> Uh, well, tell him Miles, to, turn uh, your calls off. Uh, tell him to turn his calls off or yes. and to reboot Go into settings and, and leave and, and come back. Yeah, put on your do not disturb. Have to log me out and then in. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well. Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> Miles is a busy man. He's a busy um, man. <clears> I'm surprised he has three home. Two. I don't know how many homes he has. He's, he, he goes, he's in San Diego. He's in LA. His mother is in New York. He grew up there um, partly. So he's all over the place. So he'll be back in in a minute. Um, so that's how we met. And we did the two interviews, which were magical to me. Um, just seeing everybody. I mean, I found somebody that no one knew where they were. Actually, several people like, where did you find her? I'm, I'm nosy. So um, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Now, uh, did Miles just hear what you just said? So why don't you text Miles while I talk for a moment? Okay. Tell him to leave the studio and to come back. And he while uh, he's doing that, I will explain. So a year ago tonight, Kasira and I uh, co-hosted this series uh, celebrating Hello, Dolly. And as a result of that, Kasira is also an author. Many of you know this. She has a book called Let That Go, uh, and we started this year off uh, doing that. And then Kasira has moved and she's back, as you can all see. Doug McAllister is here. So we want Dougie, to. Dougie, where he is? Why don't you see him? And, Dougie, uh, say something. Watching. So Doug uh, got her a ring light. She's in a new abode. Uh, and starting in just a couple of weeks, everybody, the Let That Go show is coming back. We're going to be back. So tonight is a celebration of uh, Kasira, Miles, and us coming back together. Yay! And Kasira reached out to me a few weeks ago, and she said, Richard, you've got to have Miles Evans on the show. And Miles, yes. and of course, I am very familiar, as I was listening this afternoon 
uh, to Gil Evans and his music. I, oh. I, I, I such a fan. And also Miles Davis, uh, of course. His uh, godfather. Is his godfather mm -hmm. and his namesake. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, let's talk, first of all, I chose the word adventure. In Hello, Dolly, Bar uh, Cornelius says to Barnaby, We'll get an adventure out of this yet, Barnaby. And tonight we're going to celebrate these incredible adventures that Miles has had. Uh, he'll be back. Oh, honey. When we see him in the studio, uh, in the wings, I will bring him on. Uh, so he'd gotten a phone call. That's what happens when you get a phone call. It will bump you off like well, that. Well, you know, he's one of the most famous trumpeteers on the planet. Uh, his father was one of the most famous keyboardists on the planet, electric jazz keyboardist. Uh, he's he's met, er you know, Miles met everybody along the way, which I want to talk to him about. Hi, is. honey. Hi, Hi honey. My apologies. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen. Way, we're sitting here talking about you. The elusive <laughs> Miles Evans. <laughs> Hi. Hi, sweetie. Great to see Hi. everybody. So Miles, we, you know, as I said to Kasira, and we're going to jump right into this, uh, I chose the word adventure tonight because we're going to talk about the adventures of your life. I mean, with your father, oh. you grew up surrounded by music, the greatest musicians in the world. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I can speak about my father and the business that he was in. No way did I want to follow in the business that my father was in. I wanted to be in the world of show business as you did. What was it about this business that that spark went on? It's one thing to say, I love that music. I want to be a part of this. But what was the spark for you that said, I want to follow and I want to create my own music? I don't want to say following your father's footsteps because you've created your own footsteps. Right. What is it about this business that you wanted to continue and walk alongside your father? Well, what started me was the amazing and incredibly awesome musicians in his bands. So people like, you know, these great trumpet players like Lou Soloff, John Faddis, Hannibal Marvin Peterson. Um that started me. They were so sweet to me, so nice to me. And it got me going, you know, and got me into it. And then later, you know, I really got close and excited about Miles Davis. But uh, just so many incredible things and, and tons of, of my father's other musicians just really made it so exciting. And, you know, he would take me and my brother on the road. And so that was what really sparked it at a young age, you know, going to Europe or Japan or Europe again, et cetera, to so many different countries within Europe and him playing all over with his amazing orchestra. So that's how it started, you know. Well, Miles, I, I begin my shows with a uh, a surprise question, and now I have a just a fun question. I'm going to ask you two questions, and they may seem random and offbeat and crazy, and they're just sort of fun. I like and random, offbeat, and crazy. Yes, and it's just <laughs> that's why we're friends. <laughs> and then I'm turning it over to Kasira. And the first question that I'm asking you, and I haven't even looked at it, so it's that's how random and crazy it is. And 
And the, this is the question. Would you rather have a rewind or a pause button on your life? I love the question. Huh. And if I could, if I could modify <laughs> the ability to answer, I would say both. <laughs> <laughs> you can. That's good. And the next question is um, uh, to read a book that's outside your comfort zone and discuss what would be a book that you would read that would be outside your comfort zone? Um, that's a good question, but I do believe that so often going outside of your comfort zone can be so beneficial and powerful if it's done in the right way, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then I guess something out of my comfort zone might be something that tricks people into doing the wrong thing to our beautiful planet. Um, but it would be probably beneficial to deal with it, you know? And speaking oh, that's of which, let's all pray for our mighty sequoia trees right now. Yes. The idea that, that, that we could lose those trees, uh, which I've never seen. I've never been to the Sequoia National Forest. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's something that I hope in my lifetime that I will be able to experience. Uh, but they are in mm -hmm. danger of being wiped out uh, any second now. So let's send a collective, good, positive vibe in those directions. I so agree. And interestingly, I, had, uh, I was renting a little country house that was not too far from the Sequoia National Forest. Um, you know, and, and it was in the southern sequoias because, of course, there's so many of those redwoods all over and some of mm -hmm. them are much further south. And uh, the country house that I rented for approximately seven years, I could drive up the mountain <clears throat> and it would take approximately one hour of driving up the mountain and I would be at some of the largest trees in the world not as big as um, I guess the biggest one of the biggest ones is General Sherman or something like that yeah. or General Rogers. It's one of those. But anyway, it was amazing. These trees are incredible and we have to pray for them. I mean, they're just gigantic. It's unbelievable. And it was such a pleasure to once in a while take that drive up and, and see those incredible trees that were just magic and being from New York city, something you would just never see. And just in disbelief, looking at this tree, that's probably the, as tall as a 30 story building and so thick. So yes, let's pray for those. And uh, uh, we just have to pray. Absolutely. Uh, they're they're. I mean, scientifically speaking, they are huge carbon eaters. Exactly. These trees are huge carbon eaters on our planet. And without them, we're in trouble. I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not a doomsdayer, you know, but, you know, but I watched a set, I watched a special thing on it today, a special segment on it. And we, we need, we must have them to eat carbon. Yeah. And scientists yeah. believe that some of those big trees are 3000 years old. Yes. I mean, imagine yes. that. Do we, do we not to steer off on the wrong direction, but we, do we yet know, uh, how, what started the fire? I have not discovered that. Um, I don't know. It's okay, just, I haven't. So I, I don't sad. think they've all heard that. Yeah, I just yeah. can't believe these fires keep happening. And mm -hmm. you know, I, I saw, you know, when I would go up there, I would always see the remnants 
the fire and always be so happy that this tree pulled through and somehow made it through that fire because mm. you could see a little bit of that in yeah. certain areas on the tree. Yes. Yeah. Good answer. Oh, I well, appreciate that. Well, thank you for that. Casira, uh, I'm going to turn this over for you uh, for a few Thanks, moments because you had some very specific questions that you wanted to ask Miles this evening. Yeah. So I met Miles through the great Kenwood Denard one of the most amazing drummers to still walk the planet, percussionists, I should say. Uh, he said to tell you hi. I let him and Cherie, his wife, know that we were going to talk today. Oh, and I, I met Miles through Kenwood. Um, and uh, also Delmar Brown, our dearly departed Delmar Brown, mm. who is no longer with us. Uh, I, I did a project with both of those musicians, with T.M. Stevens and some other guys in New York. And... Uh, uh, when I first saw Miles play, uh, I he had I noticed that he had, he was he had his wits about him. He wasn't the one of those guys that flips around the stage and you know it's all about choreography and you know pointing at people. He played, he just played, <laughs> and he had total direction of his bands. And I I got to. Uh, sit in with the band once in the East Village in New York, and it was such a delight. What did we do? I think we did Little Wing. I think that's what I asked you to do. And you play Little Wing. Yeah. Um, and I've just always been so impressed with him. And we talk on the phone. We catch up with each other every few months. Where are you going? He has an amazing COVID story that we'll say that we'll save for later. Yet when I met you, I thought, boy, I thought I think I bet this guy's got a lot of stories to tell. And what I want to know, and you've been asked this before, I'm sure, yet what I'd like to know is um, what was... Well, Zura, did we lose you? I'd like to know what that question is as well. I, she, she just... Yeah, and, and I think she might have wanted to ask me what was my feeling while you know, leading the Gil Evans Orchestra because Kasira, you know, she sat in with us and she sang Little Wing, which was a song that my father arranged of Jimi Hendrix's because my father was going to do a record with Jimi Hendrix, but unfortunately, Jimi died approximately three weeks before the record date was scheduled Wow. And it was such a bummer because, you know, we all would have just been on cloud nine if that record could have been completed, you know. And um, he then did um, a beautiful record of his orchestra playing a bunch of really gorgeous Jimi Hendrix compositions. And then one of his lead trumpet players, Lou Soloff, loved Little Wing so much but that's why I used to play it a ridiculous amount of times because Lou Soloff was in love with it and just wanted to play it forever. And so I felt like, okay, you know, he loves it. Let's do it. And, I knew, I knew uh, Lou. I knew it was Lou. a blast, Kasira, having you to, you know, come and sit in with us and do Little Wing with us. It was, it was so awesome. You know? Oh, thank you. Oh, I yeah. want to know, I would like to hear some stories about your relationship to Miles Davis. Yeah, well, it, it was interesting because 
you know, Gil and Miles had spent so much time together many years prior. And, you know, Miles and Gil were lifelong friends, but um, they were taking, you know, they were still seeing each other, but they were not seeing each other as much. So I definitely had a blast with Miles Davis, but it's not like I saw him every day. No. You know, but once in a while we would go over there. Sometimes it would be me and my brother, Noah Evans, and my mother and my father, Gil Evans. Sometimes we'd go over there and have a blast. That would be like in the early um, to mid 70s, sometimes even in, in the late 70s. And um, we would do it and it would be so cool. And then later, as the years went on, you know, I really fell in love with Miles Davis. And so then once in a while I would go over there and he would have great parties and we'd have a blast at the, the brownstone that he had that now that street is called Miles Davis Way. So mm -hmm. Miles Davis's nephew, Vince Wilburn, got the street named Miles Davis's Way. But when we used to go there, of course, they hadn't done that yet. But anyway, that was where I would first I first hung with Miles at the brownstone there. And um, that was uh, between Riverside and, and West End in Manhattan. And it was just a blast. I mean, what a character, what a brilliant innovator, you know, just uh, so magical to be with the great Miles Davis. Well, you know, he was the silent Black Panther on stage. Yet I'd like to know what he was like behind the scenes at home. Just so brilliant, you know, um, often a man of few words, but words that were so, so to the point and so just like powerful and just brilliant. And um, it's amazing to be able to nail it like that. Mm -hmm. um, because he didn't like to overdo the amount of words, mm -hmm. you know, him telling me, yeah, just, you know, get the rhythm down or, you know, or do you want to play like me or you know, just really getting to it and saying what helped him get through this and that. And, you know, the fact that maybe the um, trumpet players on that synthesizer aren't swinging you know, they're not swinging and they don't sound like they should or um, just this guy that was so original and just so magical, just a lifelong love. And uh, was, it's just hard to, to explain it in a short time, but. Oh, I'm sure. You would have um, had, you had such a blast, Kasira. Forget it. This guy was unbelievable. Mm. <laughs> I've had conversations with Herbie Hancock about working with Miles. And Miles would often say just these short phrases and walk off. And he was like, what? <laughs> you know? And it was like, grasshopper. Think about it, grasshopper. And, you know, he, he reminds me, Miles reminds me of uh, Wayne Shorter. He was known to do that. And and my old my old I call him my surrogate dad my old surrogate dad Buster Williams, um, he was like that as well. They would just like uh, stand still and wait for something to blow their way. Huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, without a doubt. And I remember well, asking Herbie. I asked Herbie. I said, Herbie, why did you play with Miles Davis? 
and I and he said I had to. He was the coolest of the cool. Uh huh. <laughs> Everybody who didn't who do we know jointly that had did not play. Not many, not many people. I so I remember, uh, you know, when so when your father passed away, you inherited his orchestra. Yes. How did you how did you feel about that? Because now you're doing your own thing. I know that it's yours. Yet, um, what what are the changes that you've made over the years, like transitioning from inheriting the orchestra to your thing? Well, you know, it, it's beautiful, and it was such an incredible gift, and I had such a blast with it over the years. And actually, um, my brother and I started doing, you know, bringing the orchestra back because we had been on hiatus for a while and, and mm -hmm. really hadn't done much with it. We took, you know, a I took a long break. Um, and my brother and I came back and did some stuff with the orchestra and it was a real blast. And my brother uh, executive produced, I was the musical director and my brother was the executive producer of okay. a, a record that we did that celebrated the sweet basil years. So mm. that was awesome. And then in that period and a little before it, or, you know, a couple of years before it, I got into doing my thing with my band in LA um, and some other places, bringing in some of the great musicians that I used to use in the Gil Evans Orchestra. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it just was one of these things that just happened and um, came naturally. And it was great that there were enough of the New York cats here in Southern California to bring them in and, you know, and have them do nice. it. it. Just seemed like a natural progression. But, um, you know, look, we're, we're still going to do the Gil Evans Orchestra and, and uh, we're going to do both, you know, keep it, keep it all flowing. Just going to get okay. back into it now that things are ramping up again. Yes. Do you? Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, getting back to your secret COVID story. Good Lord. This, this man, Miles, has been through a lot with the COVID thing. <laughs> uh, do you still pray? Uh, is Umbria back? You know, Umbria is there and um You still play I mean, it? You know, we're gonna get back there. We Okay, good. You know, we're gonna do it. I mean, it was very look, I mean, it takes time for everybody to really feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I think that right now they're there and feeling really comfortable. But uh, I think that the year before and the year before that, for example, the year before that it wasn't happening, and the year before it was very mm -hmm. sparse. Right, right. So. Yet you've been you've been playing that you play a lot of festivals you play a lot of jazz festivals you you tour all the time. Um, well, that seems well, to be a really. I was doing that, you know. I was. Well, doing you were over the years. So I, I was I, doing yeah. it a lot, but how many years have you? But Umbria is huge. Like, how many years have you been playing that particular jazz festival? I mean, I guess for me, it, it was something that started a long time ago. So it's something that. I did a while back and I guess I first started when I was nine years old standing next to Lou Soloff in my father's mm. band, you know? And I think that was wow. the first time. Um, so wow. you know, that was amazing. And um, then some of the other times I was more like, you know, 
in my late twenties. Um, mm -hmm. But but yeah, you know, we've had some really special times at Umbria. Uh, right before my father died, we did a, a really fun set of concerts there, and then one of the concerts was with Sting. Um, mm. You know, and it was a, a total did blast. Sting, there. Did Sting sing Little Wing? And yeah. And oh, wow. Oh my right. God. That's one of my, I, that's probably, besides Jimmy, uh, my favorite recording. Yeah. Sting is number two. Yeah. Well, of what Sting did. And, uh, you know, I, I wow. feel that he really impressed us. You know, and then we continued to do it um, without Sting, unfortunately, and without my father. And just you know, continued to do uh, future years with the orchestra, so that mm -hmm. was really nice. And uh, yeah, and and uh, you know, the, the head of that festival loves Gil Evans, so of course, oh, you know that he misses Gil because um, he loves. How Gil do you feel? So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about? How do you feel about that? Well. <laughs> You know, it's so hard, you know, to have lost somebody that was so close to you. You know, not everybody is close to their father, but, mm. you know, I was so close to my father and to have lost him was very difficult. Uh, one thing that did make it the tiniest little bit easier, not much, but a tiny little bit easier was the fact that he did have me late in life and... Um, even though he still, obviously, for me, died way too early. He died at 75. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I was 22 and a half when he died. Mm. So, you know, it was just very tough. But I guess I felt like at least he lived to 75, even though I wanted him to live to 105. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it's very hard. But I guess so much time has gone by now that it definitely got easier or less difficult, I should say. Just, I you feel know, you. When you've got a dad that um, was left by his dad and, and bowed to be the best dad in the world than he was, well, then, of course, wow. you're going to miss him big time. Richard, you want to jump in, honey? I've got so many questions to ask. He's fascinating. It's fascinating. Uh, no, sir, you've done, I mean, incredible questions. Um, uh, Miles, when your father passed away, I mean, had you, I mean, stepped in and led uh, the band uh, and was it your father's wish that you would continue on with the band? I mean, were there, I mean, with my friend Peggy who passed away uh, and I've been thinking a lot about these transitions. Um, she lived her life to the fullest, but when she passed away, there were so many loose ends. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just wondering, and this is something that I'm telling, th these are life lessons that I'm telling everyone to have everything in place if you can. Um, what did your father have in place? Um, I, you know, and I don't know the circumstances, forgive me, of your father's passing. Uh, was it sudden? Was it after an illness? Uh, was he, his death expected when it happened? Uh when this happened, were these plans for you to continue with the band? Uh, were all of those in place for you? Um, they weren't exactly in place, but um, 
you know, my mother and I, you know, we felt that it was the best thing. Uh, so did my brother. And we just went for it. And, you know, I had been in the band for about, you know, about five years um, when he died. So, you know, we don't know what his wish was, but I doubt he would have minded. And, and yeah, and we kept it going. You know, we, we did um, the European tours as planned. And then we, um, we went to the owner of Sweet Basil, talked to him. And, and uh, in that, uh, you know, that particular fall, we started mm -hmm. the Sweet Basil um, Monday nights back up and, and kept it going there for about seven mm -hmm. years. So, you know, we just uh, kept doing it. And then we would, um, you know, go to Europe and leave Sweet Basil and then come back and, and keep doing Sweet Basil. But um, yeah, I mean, it just, even though my father didn't really set everything up, in a way he did, he did it magically. It was all set mm -hmm. and it just was uh, sad, but at least it really did work out and, it's just so beautiful the way so many orchestras all across the world as well keep my father's music alive. So I'm glad that I did, but it's also beautiful to see whether it's the Australian uh, Chamber Orchestra doing one of my father's compositions this past spring, oh. um, or you have other orchestras. There was a tribute uh, to Miles Davis for his birthday for Sketches of Spain that just happened approximately 10 days after Miles Davis's birthday in early June. Wow. So, you know, that's nice. And, you know, I was in New York, but and unfortunately I missed it, but it was phenomenal that some really amazing musicians like Alfonso Johnson and others um, did a beautiful tribute to Miles Davis and Gil Evans. So it's beautiful the way it just keeps happening all over the world and it's something to be thankful for, you know. What an incredible gift and what an incredible legacy that you're able yeah. to continue this and to keep going mm -hmm. in this direction. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask, um, what, uh, I, I've been reading this incredible book called The Right Words at the Right Time. And this is a book of essays. Marlo Thomas put this together. And I want to ask you, what were the right words at the right time that you received from your father? I think that there were many words that were so wise, you know, it, it was pretty unbelievable what a wise man he was. And it's rare to have that entity as your father. So I, I don't think it was one set of words, but just so many different sets of words over the years that were so wise and that's what it was really really special anything you remember in particular well i mean uh, there were just so many different things but one you could say that in his experience it wasn't always the case that somebody old was wise Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to remember that, darling. <laughs> I might be old, but I'm not particularly wise. Okay. 
No, come on. But I'm going to ask the same question, you know, from Miles Davis, the right words at the right times. Any words of wisdom or advice that he gave you uh, that you've that have he imparted uh, not only to you as an artist, uh, but as a man uh, that you've carried throughout your life? Well, I would say... There's probably so many. I don't know how you're going to split through your library of... <laughs> memories yeah, to get that one probably um but i think a lot of it really was the actions speaking louder than the words uh -huh. you know which was amazing and just so heavy you know but mm -hmm. but still um word wise it just was always so exciting to hear him say you know that he wanted to um you know, continue to continue to innovate new styles. For example, I mean, Miles Davis with Gil Evans innovated a new style in the yes. in the late '40s, Birth of the Cool. They did another new style with Sketches of Spain, Porgy and Bess and Miles Ahead in the late '50s, mm -hmm. and, you know, very early '60s. Mm -hmm. um, and then they both innovated together with others too, uh, jazz rock fusion, but in a really amazing yeah. way with. My, my father with the Ampex record and, and Miles Davis with Bitches Brew. So, you know, hearing them talk about that and hearing Miles talk about that was was so heavy. You know, just like these innovators that innovate like that, it's so rare. And it was more of the action speaking louder than words. But mm -hmm. yeah, but hearing him say that, yeah, he wants to innovate yet again. Um uh, you know, it's just, it's hard to remember sure. the exact ones that I want to say, but sure. just, you know, such a blast, like playing with him and Quincy Jones um, at oh. the Mambrua Jazz Festival mm -hmm. right before Miles Davis died, you know, and all the the cool mm. mannerisms that he would do, you know? Mm. You know, when you say fusion, it makes me think of our dear, also dearly departed friend, Larry Coriel. Uh, um, Larry was like my dad in New York. <laughs> He gave me advice all the time. I loved him. Um, when you and when you when you mentioned actions speak louder than words, I'm I'm. It's okay if you haven't heard it, but John Legend, what was it? A couple of years ago, maybe, uh, or two, three years ago, uh, recorded and released a song called "Actions Speak Louder Than Words." <laughs> check it out because I would <laughs> love to hear your instrumental version of that song. It's called "Actions." Check it. Cool. You'd love it. Okay, can we can we skip up to now? Because you are recording a new album, darling. Yes, I am. But right, uh, the first thing I'm doing is just a new single. So okay. after this, you know, uh, strange time that we have been dealing yes. with this past two years and four yes. months. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to release a single with some amazing musicians on it. Okay. And it's going to be a total blast, and I want it just to be a surprise, but it should be out at the end of the summer, you know, okay. and... Um, Before and and what is, what's, the, you know? what's the genre, what's the feel, what's the RPM, what's, what's the... Well... What's, what's the, look, what's the vibe behind it? One thing I will say is that it's an original composition of mine that I want to let out, um... 
but Good. I'm going to do more soon that is going to be much more esoteric than this oh. first one I, I release. This first one I release is going to be less esoteric, but still very interesting. Okay. With brilliant musicians like uh, Daryl Jones, who used to play with the Gil Evans Orchestra. He also played with Sting. He also played with Miles right. Davis. I'm familiar with Daryl, yeah. And he's got, you know, just some beautiful you know, vibes and funk and bottom. Nice. So, yeah. So I, I you know, I'm a, I'm a rhythm track, I'm a rhythm track freak. So you got me hooked on that one. Awesome. So going forward, what's your, I, I, cause I know you. So I feel like there's kind of a new lease on your musical life. And I'm just without like uh, divulging secrets. Um, what are you looking forward to? musically as you're in your creations and your writing well many things you know i'm looking forward to mixing the magic and just having something incredible happen and you know that is something that doesn't always happen and we just have to go for it whether it's a movie or whether it's a composition you know, you never know when the magic doesn't quite happen or mm -hmm. when the magic does happen. And, you know, for me, it's exciting to do more than one genre and mm -hmm. to one minute do something a little more straight ahead and then the next minute to do something esoteric with really cool electronics, but interesting mm -hmm. electronics, not those crappy electronics that sound like <laughs> Washed down, watered down. Nothing. You mean like no, people dance you know. music from New York? Okay. <laughs> um. The, well, well that brings I mean. me. I I recorded. I honey, I recorded vocals on that crap. I said it, <laughs> crap, people. I said the word crap. Well, you know. Miles, that brings me to another subject. You're a downright composer. Hey, look, I am, but I haven't shown off my talents and I am going to starting with this single and then okay. go from there. You know, I mean, I've really held back because I've, you know, enjoyed uh, Gil Evans, Miles Davis, uh, leading the Gil Evans Orchestra, doing those kind mm -hmm. of things and, you know, holding back on that. And I'm now finally going to, you know, release some of my compositions. So, I, I feel yeah. that I felt I felt felt that through our conversations. But you, but you have over time composed scores for films and all kinds of stuff. You're not well, just I've a trumpet a, a player. A tiny bit of that. I, I've I've done a tiny bit of that. Um, uh huh. But, but not a lot. Um, just a little bit. And um, it's like kind of a, is I, it kind of a side gig? You know, look. I mean, a lot of what I did was, you know, literally just some quick little stuff, but I also did music preparation, you know, of my father's for orchestras. Um, but, you know, I did release one of my compositions when my brother and I released that Gil Evans Orchestra record that was a tribute yes. to the Sweet Basil days. So, you know, that was, that, was huge. Um, that was, mm -hmm. Any jazz musician on the planet has bought that album. Every, everybody's got that album. It's a well, it's we, a study. It's a it's a case and study. And we had a blast it's, making it, and it was great to really yeah. celebrate those amazing sweet basil mm -hmm. days. I mean, you know, you had you had Jaco Pastorius coming down to sing oh. with the Gil Evans Orchestra at Sweet Basil mm. with my father alive. You had Sting. 
going down to Sweet Basil and sitting in with the Gillibans mm. Orchestra when my father was alive. Um, Al Jarreau wow. would come there and his throat was a little tired, so he didn't sit in. But I mean, it was just this thing of all these incredible uh, gifted musicians mm. constantly enjoying that. And so that's why I think people, you know, like that uh, record because of Well, they can feel it's enriching and they can feel the history in that exactly. album. And you did it a service, not only for music lovers, yet for, you know, jazz musicians. That That's like a class. That album is a class in j jazz musicianship. Um, yeah, I, I see I see Richard about to jump out of his skin. Richard. No, no, no. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just I'm loving this. I am. I'm absolutely loving this. And I love that album. Uh, so amazing, so amazing. And but I, I do have. I want to ask you. I mean, the world stopped for artists everywhere on March twelfth, twenty twenty, when COVID shut everything down. And I know that you were at the cutting room. Or uh, what happened for you artistically? Did you go into a cocoon? Did you? Uh, was it a source of inspiration for you as far as your work was concerned? How did the past two years affect your artistry? Well, I, I think it was tough, but I stayed positive. You know, I guess I at times feel bad when I think about tons of people that only have the live performance um, left because you know the business has changed and there's there's fewer high paying record dates there's fewer high paying jingles and um you know a lot of people no longer have that awesome studio work that so many musicians had you know and yeah. so it was hard to see a lot of these awesome musicians not have that going on for them that they really really loved and really counted on, you know? Um, hey, look, and it's tough, but this is life. And this was a hopefully a one and only, but um, yeah, you know, that was hard. And, you know, I also tried to use it as a positive period to get some things done as well. Mm -hmm. I know? remember that. But, mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course that's mm -hmm. the way to go is just trying not to let it bother you and just say, Hey, I'm just going to, chill and use this as a positive period to be creative so mm -hmm. tried to do some of that as well and um well we've yeah, talked you know, we've had many conversations about how we're on the same page pretty much the same page spiritually you're yeah. you're a metaphysical kind of guy well thank you <laughs> he's not gonna admit it he's no, not gonna admit it well thank but you, you are you're you're a metaphysical kind of guy <laughs> You know okay. how to handle that stuff. I mean, you're okay with that stuff. You you get through it. I'm a very positive person, you know? Yes, you right. are. And so, and I like to try to see the positive th in things and work on the positive, whether mm -hmm. it's if you feel like you have a lot more to do, maybe try to be as healthy as you can to hopefully have many extra years to get it all done or, or whatever that is. But yeah, you know, I feel like, being positive and trying to work on whatever it is that's bothering you is often a great way to go 
a nice way to feel better and to get to the next place. You know what I mean? Um, as you've mentioned before, Kasira, when you think about innovation and other things too, it's like when we um, evolve. And so I love the fact that the human race has the ability to evolve so beautifully and to work on these issues that we need to work on to really help us. And, um, you know, it's easier said than done. Of course it's hard. And, you know, we really had many more years to, you know, to evolve when you think about 200,000 years of the humans being around. But, but anyway, yeah, so. Well, you know, it's only hard if we say so, which is why I wrote a book. <laughs> Yes. Oh, let that go. Uh, it reminds me of accent, chewate the positive, eliminate the negative. You might want to do a little instrumental version of that just for the fun of it. <laughs> no, but I, as, yes. as uh, you know, as long as I've known you, you've always been positive. And we've had some really serious conversations about the state of the planet, about politics, about health. You are a health freak. You work out like a fiend. Hey, look, in this day and age, he has the most beautiful, he has an incredible body. And his woman has an incredible body. These huh. these guys are keeping their stuff up. Okay? They're keeping it up. And you you do that regularly, right? You work out regularly. I do. And, and you know, I mean, the down the downside of working out is, is it does take time away from other things you want to do. Sure. But in this crazy world we live in with all these toxins mm -hmm. that we constantly deal with, it is a great way to go. Yeah, we've had that so, conversation. You know, mm -hmm. Right. It's a sacrifice that we have to make. But sometimes mm -hmm. I think to myself, wouldn't it be amazing if we were just able to be perfect without working out and have all that extra time? It, we live in the third dimension. It's just, <laughs> we're just not possible in the third dimension. Maybe the fourth and fifth. Yes. Yeah, we haven't figured that out yet in the, in the third dimension, have we? <laughs> Richard, yeah, how so, would you like to? Um, so what I'm going to do is we're, we're going to do a giveaway tonight. And it's gonna, we're going to do a giveaway based on some of the things that we've talked about tonight. So I, I've got some questions. These are my wind down questions. And the first question, based on the word adventure, what do you consider the greatest adventure is that you've had in your life and or <clears throat> up to this point? Wow. Well, the greatest adventure, I guess the adventure that uh, I went on with my father, the great Gil Evans. I mean, that was a very heavy, you know, very magical adventure. So I guess I would have to say that, yeah. And what's the next adventure that you're looking forward to? The next one is to continue now after this break that we've all had to get back to work and do some really interesting stuff. I would say that that is Good. the upcoming adventure that I want to go on, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, at the risk of giving it away, 
what's the best hiding place that you know of? Well, I would say the best hiding place or the best hiding places are places on the planet that are remote. And I don't want to say more because as you touched on, Richard, I don't want to completely and totally give it away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are your expectations and desires for the, we have just reached this point where we are more than halfway through this year. What are your expectations and desires for the rest of the year? My expectations and desires for the rest of the year are to have a nice time releasing this single, do some cool live concerts with some of the great musicians that I play with, and to hope that we get closer. I mean, I know it sounds corny, but look, it's true. I want us to get closer to world peace while I'm doing my music with my great musicians. I mean, why not, you know? Nothing Um, corny about that at all. Well, thank you. And the last quick thing is the reason why I say it is because of of Ukraine and Russia, you know? So sorry to bring something negative up. Who is the most interesting person in the business that you've never worked with that you would desire to work with? Hmm. That's a great question. Wow. I love it. Um, oh, man. Hmm. Wow. Um, so many Loaded amazing I'm yeah. so sorry that, you know, oh, it's, it's crazy that I, I really, I don't know, I'm happy with, uh, this amazing amount of musicians. I, I don't know. I guess I could say Herbie Hancock because I never did work with him, even though I yeah. got to with him. So let's say Herbie Hancock. How about that? Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's not too late, baby. <laughs> Thank you. It's not too late. <laughs> All right. Not so, too late, honey. Y'all, you have to do is reach out, and he'll do it. I'm telling you. I I used to I used to know put him it out well. there. I, <laughs> I agree with that. In this current time of unprecedented change and uncertainty, which is what we're dealing with every day, what do you believe your role is on this planet at this moment? I believe my role is to get out, get back out there and to get this world most of us are there, but to get the people that aren't there into this warm, loving place and yeah. have my music help that mm-hmm. happen, you know? Thank you. Thank you, darling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. so much is happening right now. In your mm-hmm. lifetime, what is the biggest culture shock that you believe that you've seen on this planet? I guess... It's it's hard to say, but the, the the most shocking thing for me is the difficulty that we're having cleaning up the toxins and stopping the output mm-hmm. of the toxins. I guess for me, 
that is shocking. And look, it's difficult. You know, easier said than done, but that that's a big one for me. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm a big proponent of doing things for others without expecting anything in return. What's one experience where you've done something anonymously for someone uh, just for the sheer excitement of doing that thing for them without expecting anything in return? Well, I've done that a lot with my friends, you know, definitely done that a lot mm -hmm. with my friends, but mm -hmm. don't know of anybody like really famous that I've done that for in any kind of, you know, major capacity, you know, saying that I went and got Sting lyrics to a song that he wanted. I don't know if that counts, you know. That counts. Sure, it counts. But and, you know, you allowed me to sit in with you having never heard me sing yeah, at a I'm gig in New I York. <laughs> and it was that, fun. That, and that and I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I was good. Yet he, he took that a, chance and he let me do it. Period. Oh, thank, thank you, sweetie. I, I want to say, first of all, thank you for saying yes to uh, both Kasira and me tonight. Yes. But beyond this, how has social media made the biggest impact on your life? Well, look, I think that social media for me has, look, it's done something for a lot of people and it's, I guess for me, you're, just, not, you're not very active, Miles, on social media. It's true. It's true. I'm not, but I do love. <laughs> it's okay. I, it's okay. What I love is people that use it intelligently. So just to quickly talk about other people, I love it when people use it intelligently mm -hmm. and when they don't spend too much time on they maybe just get on for a little while, make it beneficial and mm -hmm. get off. And, you know, social media is here. It's here to stay. And I just feel like we all need to use it a little bit and a lot um, at the moments when it makes sense to, and then back off and get to writing that song or that book, you know, or that you know screenplay or whatever it is, because we don't want to overdo it either. But um, it's just amazing what it's done. It's reshaped the world uh, in so many ways. Like when you could have social media, that's a private company stop somebody from tweeting on it in the old days that wouldn't have been an issue it would have been a public company etc so anyway i'm sorry i didn't quite answer your question no, you've answered uh, it and miles if no. there was one definitive uh recording of yours and you said if anyone out there had to have that one recording of yours what would that one recording be i think the one recording of mine that at this point I would want everybody to have is um, Hidden Treasures Volume 1 that my brother and I did together. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's the one I'm going to give away tonight. So uh, uh, let's Ooh. see here. And uh, Hidden Treasures Volume 1. And we'll see who's going to win tonight. Awesome. So... Mitch no, Mitch. Mitch, you're going to get Hidden Mitch. Treasures Volume 1. Reach out to me Yay. after the show, and I will get oh, that God, to you. Oh, I love that record. Oh, yes. I love it. So, I love uh, it. Mitch, uh, just send me an email after the show, and uh, richard at richardskipper.com. 
I'm going to remove this. Don't go anywhere for a moment. Uh, Miles, I'm going to give my closing remarks tonight and then Kasira, you. And then Miles, you're going to have the closing uh, remarks tonight. Yes. Uh, and then uh, don't worry about how to end the show. As soon as you say goodnight, the closing credits will run. So I want to thank okay. everyone for being here tonight. You could have been anywhere else and you chose to spend it with us. And I know that I can speak for both Kasira and Miles when I say this. Uh, we don't take it lightly in this business when you mm-hmm. show up. So thank you for being here tonight. Uh, but Miles, don't go away. We're going to hang out. We're going to hang out. Yeah. Don't go away. Now, yes. if this was your first time here, I hope it will not be your last. Uh, please, after tonight's show, go to fa- uh, go to YouTube and leave a comment on YouTube. Uh, what yes. that will do is that will raise the ranking of this uh, video and that will let other people know about this. And also you can share it through YouTube and that helps out as well. Yes. Uh, and also, uh, even though you may not have won Volume 1 tonight, Hidden Treasures, that doesn't mean you can't Get go to it. Amazon and order it. Order Get it. It will copies. change your life. It will change your life. It's order so one for yourself. And then what I want you to do is I want you to go to Facebook. This is where social media comes in. Mm-hmm. I want you to go to your Facebook friends list. And I want you to reach out to the sixth name that pops up, the number six tonight. Go to the sixth name and reach out and reach out with a phone call, not an email message, not a private uh, inbox message, not an email, but a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. And then I want you to ask them if they saw this interview tonight and then tell them about it. And then I want you to order hidden treasures and send them a copy please one for yourself Mm -hmm. and by all means go out and do something nice for somebody else tomorrow without expecting anything in return as my dear friend sean moniker always says we're all in this together but we're not in the same boat and i always say if you're gonna go out in a boat make sure you bring a skipper along Ah! i'm gonna leave this clean (laughs) and kiss sarah it's all yours and then uh, you'll turn it over to miles Thanks I love you. Miles. Thank you. And Kasir, it's yours. Thank you, Richard. Miles, oh, God, I love you. I love our conversations. I love your stories. I love your music. I've just adored you since I met you. I'm, I could be your auntie. I'll adopt you. I could be your <laughs> auntie. You're, I could be your, well, I don't know if I'd be a good example, but I'd be your naughty auntie. Um, I <laughs> love you so much. I love your. I love your history. I love your musicianship. I love what you put together for yourself. Thank you so much for saying yes to this today. It means a lot to me. Uh, We've introduced you to lots of new people. And Richard is fantastic. And I hope you keep in touch with the both of us. And now I'm going to hand it over to you and just love to you. And thank you, thank you, thank you. You are so welcome. And thank you. And this was a total blast. And I can't wait for you all to hear the music. And as I said before, Kasira, as you said, let's all evolve and go to a very positive place and magically heal this planet. Um, And on that note, I'm going to let you all go. But thanks again so much. And I can't wait for you to hear the amazing music that I have for you coming out in the very late summer. Bye for now. Thanks again. Cheers.